Well, hello, everybody. Hope that you're doing well. Happy Sunday to you. Um, it is good to be with you all. Today, we are wrapping up our series called Navigating These Times. And, you know, I had sensed from the Lord that uh, these times that we would be in right now would be challenging times. Uh, but I had no idea. I had no idea of some of the implications and some of the stories that we would hear and some of the, the difficulties that are nation and our world are going through. And, uh, you know, I really hope that we're, um, the worst is behind us, hard to tell. Um, but you know, I, uh, have learned this, that through life in life, we will always have difficult and challenging times. And, uh, this series was actually not just dedicated for the time that we are going through now, but it's also, uh, to serve us, the, re- the remaining part of this year, if we do have more challenging times ahead, or if you go through something personally. So um, I believe that uh, you can go back to these uh, messages at another time uh, if you need to be encouraged in any way. So today we're wrapping up the series, and today I wanted to talk about what we need to say during times, during t- uh, challenging times, stressful times, turbulent times. You know, as you've been going through a lot of different things in this, uh, in this season, you may have been, um, compelled to pray. And I really want to commend you for doing that, taking time just before the Lord and praying for our world, our nation, for your family, for your, for the church, um, uh, just anybody and anything that might be on your heart. Um, but is that all that the Lord has for us to do is to just, um, be quiet and to pray. Um, I believe it's the right place to begin. I don't, I don't believe that speaking quickly and responding in, in emotion uh, is the right way to respond, but starting in a place of prayer is. But at the right time, when the time is right, God would have you speak something and to share something. So what is it? What is it that God would have you share? And that's really what this time is about, is to talk about what we should say when we're given the chance, we're given the opportunity. And what the Lord tells us to do, to what the Lord tells us is that what we need to say is what God is saying. He says, say what I'm saying. Let me read to you Matthew 10, 27. It says this, What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Basically what the Lord is saying is that I want you to speak. I want you to be the mouthpiece, the megaphone of what I'm whispering in your ear. You know, there will come a time, there will come a daybreak, you know, in the darkness. He speaks to us when the daybreak comes. He wants us to be that voice. And so he wants us to have an ear to hear, to hear what he is saying to us. You know, um, it's sometimes some of us, we think that, you know, everything that we say is by, uh, uh, is, is unique thought or, or is, um, what, what I like to say, it's, it's the, the, uh, the, the first time something has ever been thought of. Um, or original thought. Uh, but the truth is, is that we do a lot of repeating. Even though we have our own view- viewpoint, we're unique, we have our own perspective, a lot of what we do is we repeat something, even if we might digest something first, and we repeat something that we have heard. So I have to ask you this. If you've been talking, you've been having conversations, if you've shared something, if you've posted on the internet, what have you been saying? What have you been uh, shouting from the rooftop, so to speak? Has it been something that the Lord has been speaking to you? You know, the Lord tells us that when we hear from him, this is what we need to be, we need to be speaking. 
it says this, that we, it's in the, the darkness and in the private places and in the, in the quiet hours. And what I see, see that to being is it's, it's the places where it's, it's private and it's quiet. Or if it's really early in the morning before the sun comes up or if it's late in the evening when the sun goes down. These are the times that we, we, we can take aside special time to, to reflect and to hear from the Lord and take time to really try to uh, hear the voice of the Lord. And that's why you know, even taking a time to read God's Word, the Bible. The Bible's called God's Word. What is that? That's His voice speaking to us. So it's important for us to take time to do that in those quiet places, to hear from Him. And so I want to ask you this. Have you been able to take time to hear God's voice? Have you taken time to open up His Word, to hear His voice to you, to your own heart, when it comes to the situation, the circumstances, the culture, the times that we're in? And if so, what is He speaking what has God put in your ears that has prepared you to proclaim, to shout from the rooftops? You know, that's what the Lord calls us to do, to speak and to pro- pro- proclaim what he's saying to us in private times, in, in the private place, in the quiet hours. So then my question is, is if you are not hearing him in the quiet places, if you are not hearing him in the dark hour, hours, then what are you speaking? What are you shouting? What are you declaring? Basically this, if you are not, if you are posting things online or if you are having conversations or raising your voice or making your point, but you're not taking time to hear God's voice and getting his perspective, then what you are proclaiming, what you are posting, what you are shouting, what you are telling, what you are declaring is not what God wants you to say. It's not what he wants you to declare. So it's important for us, if we're going to say what he's saying, we have to take time to hear what he's wanting to say to us so that we can be a mouthpiece and a voice for him. You know, you might ask me, you know, have you always, pastor, said what God is saying? Or have you kind of flubbered some things? Have you said some things that wasn't God's voice? And I want to be completely honest with you. I have said many of things uh, that were not God's heart. And um, I have been one to uh, kind of open my mouth and let things fly and regret it later on. And uh, if you know me, um, I try to make a lot of jokes. I try to use my humor in a lot of different situations. And if you know me really well, you know that a lot of my jokes don't work. And I say things uh, that ends up kind of coming back to sort of bite me a little bit. And I've made jokes that have made people very mad. Uh, I have had, I've made jokes that have made people cry, make people make people very sad, and it's not that I ever meant to. It's just I sort of let things fly out of my mouth. Well, I want to tell you this: this is not the time to just open our mouths and just see what comes out. I feel like I've gotten a lot better with um, my humor and making sure that what I say is just you know hopefully it, it's, it's received well. I don't know. Maybe I offend people and I don't even know it. They don't even tell me. I sure hope not. But um, like I said, this is a time that we don't want to just let our mouths just open up and just see what comes out. This is not the time for that. The time for that is to be careful, to be considerate, uh, and, and but more than anything, to be saying what the Lord is saying so that people can hear God's voice, can hear God's word through us, through his mouthpiece. So how do we do that? Well, I want to tell you a few things. The first thing is this. We need to be slow to speak. You know, there's been a a lot of people right now just really challenging folks to not stay silent, 
But I want to tell you that if, uh, you know, with, with, with all some of the, the situations and the, the things that have been happening in our world, there's been a lot of just uh, quick talking, uh, just sort of people responding right away. This is very reactional and very emotional. Um, but, you know, as I have said, taking time to pray is important. And it's important for us to actually take time to actually hold back our initial response, our initial reaction, that the first thing that would come to our mouth. It's important to sort of hold it in. That's why the, the Bible tells us to kind of like put a bridle on it, hold back what is first about to be said. Psalm 141.3 says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, it's not guarding what's going in. It's guarding what the possibilities of could come out. This is David saying, I don't want to say something foolish. I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. I don't want to say something kind of off the cuff that could have consequences and could hurt people. And so this scripture is really all about learning to tame our tongue because our tongues can sort of can be a bit wild at times. It's it's to learn how to protect and guard our tongues from the hurtful possibilities that could come out. It can cause damage in people's lives. And so one critical thing that we need to be thinking about and considering as we be as we're navigating these unprecedented times is that we have we do have the ability to put fuel to some fire that's out there. And there is a lot of fire out there, and we have the ability to put put fuel to it. But as people of God, we are not to run our mouth, but instead we need to put our mouths in check. We need to be disciplined with our words. We need to be considerate and think through what we're about to say. We don't want to say something or write something that we might later regret or say something that is untrue or something that might hurt someone else. Now, why is this important? might say, well, why is it important for, for what, I, what I might say, you know, anybody out there? Why is that important? Well, let me, let me share this. What we say is powerful. The words that we choose is powerful. It means something. Let me read Psalm 18, 21 to you. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. What we say can be life-giving or it can be life-destroying. That's right. There's power of life and death from our words. That's the power that our words have. It has the ability to, to, to bring life and it has the, the ability to, to bring dis, dis, destruction or bring death. We can build up or we can tear down. We can communicate love or we can communicate hate. And if we're not careful... Destructive and unhealthy things will just come out of our mouths like this sort of wild, almost like spewing. If we don't have, if we don't put a, a check or a, if it's not bridled or if there's not a, a guard placed over our mouths. Keep, Ephesians 4.29 says this, um, Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that uh, it may benefit those who listen. So we have to keep these unwholesome words that want to find its way out of our mouth. We have to keep them from coming out. And we have to keep from allowing uh, uh, these destructive things to come forth, but only allow the life-giving ones. So we have to think about our listener, not just our opinion, not just our, our perspective. But we have to think about where our, our words are going to land. Are we saying something that's going to be helpful are we saying something that's going to build them up? Are we saying something that's going to be life-giving, beneficial, and, and encouraging to the people around us? 
Or is what comes out of our mouth, is it filled with criticisms? Is it filled with harsh opinions? Is it filled with abuses or even gossips or slander? Do we tend to sometimes throw stones or blame others? Is what is coming out of our mouth, or is it spiritual? Is it kingdom-minded, or is it clouded by the negative feelings and thoughts from the current events that's happening in our world around us? You know, we have to learn to have this type of filter to be able to pull back or hold back what's negative, what's destructive, what's critical, and we have to create room for the things that are life-giving, encouraging, and building others up to come out. It's like this. If I had a handful of seeds and I was going to uh, take a handful of seeds and give them to a group of people, let's say that you're, you had your hand out and you said, I'll, I'll take some seeds and I want to do some planting. But I told you this. I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to give you a handful of seeds, but it, each one of these handfuls of seeds has both weeds as well as flowers. There's both uh, native species as well as invasive species. And so as you plant, you know, just want you to just, just be careful. Well, you know, I worked for an environmental company for about six years, and I, I primarily worked in the office. So if you handed me a handful of seeds, and you told me that some of them were, were weeds, and some of them were invasive species, but others were, were flowers and native, native plants, I couldn't tell you the difference. I wouldn't know. Here's what's challenging. If I said, well, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and plant them. I'm just going to put this whole bunch and plant them and see what happens. Well, what I learned that happens is this, is that even though you might have some flowers and some native species that would come up, what, what the problem is, is that the invasive species are the ones that actually take over and they choke out the native ones. They choke out the good ones. What I'm saying is this, is if we just kind of let our words just fly out and we say, you know, there's some good and there's some bad. The problem is, is that what we say that's bad are the ones that have more impact, are the ones that sort of choke out and crowd out all the good ones. So I guess what I'm saying is if you have a whole bunch of good things that you say, you just say a handful of negative ones, a handful of critical ones, a handful of bad ones, and it just sort of takes over and dominates all the good things that you had said. So the Lord doesn't want us just to open our mouth and just sort of see what happens, but he wants us to put a guard over our mouth, to filter, to hold back the ones that are critical, negative, destructive, and then to let forth the ones that are positive, encouraging, and building up other people around us. So we have to be slow to speak so that we can hold back the negative and the destructive words. We have to be slow so we don't allow those ones to come back, come out. And then we have to let the positive and life-giving ones come out. And the only way we can do that is to be slow to speak, slow to speak, not so reactional and responsive in our emotions. And then the second thing is this, that we have to choose to think on what is above. We have to think about the things that are higher, the things that are greater, the things that are sort of of the kingdom of God, not just the things that we're dealing with here on earth. Colossians 3, 2 says this, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You know, our words come from where our minds have been. I mean, that's just kind of a no-brainer. Anyway, if our minds have been in the gutter, our words will come from the gutter. But if we set our minds and our thinking on the things above, then the things that we say are going to come from above. 
So whatever we think on, whatever we put our mind to, the in either the environment of the world, this is where our thinking will come from. But if we put our, our minds on the kingdom of God, then that's where our words will come from. If we put our thinking on the things above, the godly things, the heavenly things, on the spiritual things, that will be the viewpoint that we have on the earthly things. We'll actually bring a kingdom, a heavenly, a spiritual perspective to what is happening in our world, the things on the earth. And that's really what the heart of the Lord is. is he doesn't want us to get caught up in the things of the world, but he actually wants us to have a mind on the things above so that we can have a spiritual perspective, kind of a bird's eye view or a spiritual perspective, or a viewpoint that he would have on what's happening in the world around us. This is what we're called to proclaim. This is what we're called to shout from the rooftops, so to speak. The spiritual implications in a broken worldly situation. That's what he's called us to do. That's what he wants us to be bold about. John 17, 15, 16 says this, I am not asking that you take them out of the world. You, in this scripture, means us. It's like, or, or I'm sorry, them. I, am, I apologize. What he's referring to, them, not take them out of the world. He's talking about us, people who are Christ followers, who love God. Don't take them out of the world, he says. But instead that you keep them, us, uh, from the evil one. They are not of the world. That's us. We're not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. That's where we get that term that we are we're, are, are in the world, but we're not of the world. Have you heard that before? See, we need to have our minds fixed on the kingdom. We have to have our minds thinking about the things of heaven, the things of God, not fixed on the world and our environment and our surroundings. Why is this critical? Because you know what? 100% guaranteed we will experience turmoil, tribulations, problems, upheaval. The Bible tells us, the Bible warns us that while we are in this world, we are going to experience the problems of the world. Tribulations, upheaval, challenges, problems. Sometimes we think in our certain circumstance, we're the only ones in all these generations that experience upheaval, tur- uh, 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 tribulation, and turmoil. It's not true. It says a guaranteed each one of us, every generation is going to experience it. So that means none of us are going to be immune to the challenges that the world provides. So we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised when we go through challenging times like these. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says this, What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. You see, tribulations, problems, challenges, plagues, upheaval, The reason they shouldn't surprise us and scare us as Christ followers is because if you've read God's Word, if you've looked through the Bible, you've seen upheaval, you've seen problems, you've seen tribulations, you've seen all sorts of challenges. And what it says is that we too, in the New Testament, talking to the early church, be prepared. Expect there to be challenges. Expect there to be tribulations. But how we respond... When something hurts, when we, how we respond when things are, 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 are challenging, things that would uh, cause depression or cause anger or, or scare us, God, God has called us to, not, to, to be under the weight of this, to not feel that burden, to feel that, that pressure. Because God's not called us to feel the weight of these things, but he's called us to be part of the solution, not to be part of the, the, the problem or the agitating 
or the arguing to not to not feel that same uh, intensity and pressure, but instead to be part of uh, the solution, to be part of the answer. I wanted to share a story with you that comes from God's Word, and it was really uh, soon after Jesus died and was resurrected. And there was a couple of guys; they were uh, walking down a road, and this popular. Um, uh, term that this story is called is the road to Emmaus. And these two guys, they were just sort of uh, downcast. They were sort of like puzzled. They were feeling uh, the, the weight of their uh, the uh, uh, of recent events, the current events that were happening. They were just feeling heavy about it. And um, what ends up happening is Jesus had just resurrected. And so he ends up walking up to them in disguise kind of. And he walks up and he says to them, hey, what are you guys talking about? It's kind of like, Someone coming up to us in the midst of all these things that are going around in our world and going, hey, what are you guys talking about? And uh, their response to Jesus is like, where are you from? Are you not even from here? Like, don't you know what's going on? And they, they went and they explained to Jesus all that had recently just happened. They basically just told Jesus, the story of what happened to Jesus, not knowing he was Jesus. And they're saying, oh, you know, Jesus, he was, he was a prophet. And, you know, he was really he was a good teacher. And we, were like, we, we thought maybe he was the, the, the Messiah. We thought all these things. And then, you know, but, but then he was arrested and all the disciples ran. And then he, you know, died on the cross. And then and now there's people saying they can't find the body. It's just, it's crazy right now, you know. Jesus responds to them this way. He says this, you guys are foolish, He says, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He's like, don't you know what the prophets have said? Don't you know what God's word has said? He said, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things in order to enter into his glory? So he starts to tell them from the beginning of Moses and all the prophets. He explained to them all that was said in the scriptures concerning himself. You know what Jesus is basically saying? When you understand God's word and you're able to hear his voice, then you can interpret what is happening in culture and our environment. He's saying, if you know God's word, if you know what it says in God's word, then you'll be able to look at the circumstances and situation, situation that we're in, and you'll be able to interpret it, understand it, and know what's happening. All these things, tribulations, problems, challenges, it was all said, this is going to happen. And so we being people of God's word, we being Christians, we being those who have heard God's word, listened to God's word, read God's word, can be able to say, yeah, we, we're not super surprised. We know that these tribulations were going to happen. And so we want to be not only knowledge and have known that they're going to happen, but we also want to be at a place of peace Uh, knowing that God is still there, God is still in control, and that we don't have to be afraid, as some might think that everything is coming unglued, and, you know, it's it's just, you know, the sky's going to fall, so to speak. But we want to actually be people that uh, are reminded and know that His Word has promised these things. And so we have to put our mind on heavenly things, on godly things. We have to put our minds thinking about God's Word. That's why I've been encouraging everybody, get in the Word, get in the Word, get in the Word. Why? Because if all you're doing is watching uh, the current events and the stories that are coming out, you're just going to kind of get caught up in it. But but we need to be in God's Word so that we can have a kingdom viewpoint. We have to have a a, a bird's eye view, uh, a viewpoint of heaven. So so our minds need to be... um, 
on the things above, not tangled up in the things of this earth or the things that are happening around us. So we have to put our mind on what is above the godly things and the things in the kingdom of God. And number three, we have to store up good in our heart. We have to store up the good things in our heart. Luke 6.45 says this, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. That makes sense? Good man, good things of his heart. Evil man, evil things in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth is going to say what is in our heart. You see, our mouths are not just a reflection of our current events or what is recently being watched or what is recently being read. No, we don't just sort of like comes in one ear and then out our mouth, just read it and we just speak it. That's not just that. You see, our mouths are actually the spout of our hearts. Yeah, what is in our hearts comes out of our mouth, whether it be good or whether it be evil whether it be pure, whether it be filthy. See, what types of things have we stored up in our hearts? What types of things have we kept in our hearts? It's an important question. You see, what we say actually reveals what's in our heart, the conditioner of our heart. If it's good, it's evil. What you allow to seep and be stored into your heart is going to stay there until opportune times. It's pretty simple. What you have stored up, what you have uh, uh, kept in your heart is going to be what comes out of your mouth and what you're going to say in these opportune moments. 2 Corinthians 6, 4, uh, 10 tells us about when we're in the midst of difficult times, tribulations, uh, challenging times, it tells us how we need to respond or how we need to have these qualities, these good things in our heart. It's a bit of a Mouthful, and I'll let you go back and read it on your own another time. But um, uh, 2 Corinthians 6 4 10 is the scripture. Let me read it for you. It says this Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, in hardships, in distresses, even in beatings, in imprisonments and riots, in hard work and sleepless nights, in hunger, in hunger. Here's the response in purity, in understanding, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in, in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left. You know, this scripture is telling us that we can't respond in troubles. Uh, or, or we can't respond when, we're, when we go through troubles and we go through hardships and we go through distresses and we go through negativity. We can't respond in purity and understanding, patience and kindness, sincere love, truthful speech, power of God and the weapons of righteousness if we haven't already stored these things up in our heart. If we haven't stirred up purity, if we haven't stored up righteousness, if we haven't stored up truth, if we haven't uh, stored up kindness and goodness, if we haven't stored those things up, our, up in our hearts, then we co- when we come up against the troubles and the hardships and the distresses and the negativity, then those things surely won't come out. It's going to be all the other stuff. 
It's going to be the reaction, the negativity, uh, the anger, the malice, the hatred, uh, the revenge. That's what will come out of our heart. You see, we have to store up these good things so that when we do go through the challenging times, it'll be the good things of God. It'll be the good fruit that will come out and we'll have a voice that's life-giving, building, and encouraging the community, our culture, people around us. You know why Martin Luther King Jr. is such a hero in our modern culture? It's because he had the good things of God stored up in him. So when the opportune time came, when the time of trouble, when the time of challenge, when the time of distress came, his voice, his words were life-giving. They were challenging. They were encouraging. And it, 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 it caused a, a, a culture shift in building people up. Uh, it was God's word convicting the heart of man to, to, um, to repent and to, to serve God and to bring unity and, and togetherness. You see, what we store in our hearts surely will come to the surface And so we need to put good things, good ingredients in our hearts. Good ingredients. You know, when I think about good ingredients, I think it's like like in our hearts, we're cooking up something good. We're we're getting all the good things and the good ingredients so that when someone is going to come into our home, they, they get to smell and taste and enjoy the good things that we have cooked up in our heart. Colossians 4, 6 says this, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let me read that again. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, the Lord has called us to be ones that provide something or speak something that is uh, like seasoned with salt, something that is like delicious, desirable to the smell, desirable to the taste. You know, this delicious thing that we're talking about is like it's it's the fragrance of Christ. Imagine this: if you were to come to my house, and let me say that, let, let me uh, just pretend, you know, that I was cooking something for you. I said, "Come over at six o'clock. I've got di- I'll have dinner for you." And you came over just like I asked. Six o'clock. You open up the door and you come inside, and it's like boom. There's that smell, that fragrance of something being cooked, that's something something good. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is enjoyable. I feel, uh, I feel loved. I feel cared for. Just anything I was dealing with, any stresses of the world, I left at the door as soon as I smelled that good food. You know what? That's really what uh, the Lord is saying here is that we need to be ones who speak with such life, uh, such goodness. It's kind of like we're, we're uh, uh, causing this sort of like a, a joy and a healing and a, um, uh, just a desire to be in the presence of someone who's speaking these life, life-giving and good things. It's like, let your conversations be seasoned with salt. You know, I think about these conversations that they're, they're talking about are kind of the places that we get to perfect sort of what's coming out of our heart. I mean, if you're like me, maybe you've kind of had some things in, in the past that you've said you, you wish you wouldn't. You don't want to continue to say those things. But, you know, if you're standing around this pot of food that you just made or you're making, you know, and if you're like one of those real, like, chefs, and you, you, you what you do is you take a little spoonful and you taste it, you go, mm, what does it need more of? A little more salt? Maybe, maybe a little bit more uh, basil, a little bit more thyme or 
something like that to just kind of like freshen it up. You know, conversations that I feel that we have with people that we love and that we trust are opportunities for us to sort of work out some of these things in our heart. And what does it say? It says, let your conversations always be full of grace. So when you're having a conversation, it's not like you're necessarily shouting yet from the rooftops or you're posting anything online, but you're sort of working these things out in your heart. And this is the opportunity when you have someone who loves you, loves God, they can respond when you have something that doesn't sound so right, doesn't sound uh, so uh, inviting, doesn't sound so good. It's an opportunity for them to apply a little bit of grace. Yeah, you need a little bit more grace there. How about a little bit more grace? It's like putting a little bit more ingredients. Just kind of doctor up what's cooking in your heart just a little bit more. So some of us, you know, we need to learn how to cut back on some of the negative or the the, the strong things that we might say or the strong opinions or the hurtful things that we could say. Some of us can come across a little bit too critical, a little bit too negative. And we need to help each other to sort of apply that grace so that what God is doing in us will always be received well to the people around us. The Bible and history tells us that beauty comes from ashes. That means good things can come from very painful, difficult, and broken times. The Bible tells us that. In fact, that's a verse in the Bible that beauty comes from ashes. And we know a lot of stories uh, where things have been challenging, things have been broken, things have been difficult. But there was a testimony, there was a good thing, something good came out of us. God's redemptive plan and his redemptive hand and touch to bring something good out of it. And we've looked at these things in our past, and humanity and our culture has gone through turmoil. But some of the greatest art has come out of painful times. Some of the greatest songs and poems have come through times of tribulation. Some of the greatest books and stories have come through, uh, through seasons of difficulty and, and, and chaos. And some of the greatest speeches and some of the greatest sermons have come from times that are filled with pain and, and, and filled with anger and filled with hurt. Some of our greatest leaders have come from times of discord and of crisis. I believe this, that we have a lot that we can be hopeful for, that God will redeem these times that we're in now, that we'll see a lot of beautiful, wonderful, and God, uh, God-blessed things from the season and the times that we're in. I just want to remind you that diamonds are formed in tough circumstances. Remember this, that's only in high temperature and extreme pressure that diamonds are formed. And I believe that we can look for diamonds in the future out of the, the difficulties and the challenging times that we're in right now. We need to continue to seek the voice of the Father so that we can hear him in this time. We don't want to just get caught up in the turmoil and the stuff and the junk that's going on. We want to be able to hear the voice of the Father because it's God's words that fills our hearts with grace so that these diamonds can come forth. And guess what? When we, when our hearts become rooted in love and we, we have the words that bring healing and the ideas and the creativity that bring solutions, and we have the hope and the, the faith that will bring reconciliation, mark my words. Purity, understanding, patience, kindness, sincere love, truth, righteousness— these are the words that God the Father is speaking. 
And these are the words that our world so desperately needs to hear. Can I say that for you one more time? Purity, understanding, patience, kindness, sincere love, truth, righteousness. These are the words that God the Father is speaking. And these are the words that our world so desperately needs to hear. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for our world. God, we thank you that you are speaking to us. Forgive us, Lord, when we so easily want to respond and react in emotion. But God, we know now, if we didn't know already, that you have something to say. And you're calling us to have our ears positioned towards you, to, to take advantage of the quiet times and, and, and to, to the, the dark times, and the early in the morning and the late at night, to be able to hear your voice so that we, in the right time, in the opportune time, when day breaks, we can speak. But not just speak out of our, our emotion or what we think or our opinion, but in, instead speak from the kingdom, speak from heaven, speak from the things above that these things will be filled with truth and righteousness and love and kindness because we know that our world so desperately needs these truths, these treasures to touch their hearts, that they would be changed, transformed, impacted so that they would seek you and glorify you. God, we need our world to be uh, changed. God, these are uh, challenging times that we're going through, Lord. So prepare us, Lord God, to be a part of the solution a part of the answer. We know that you truly are the answer. This world, our world needs you, God. Help us to be your ambassadors in this time. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, have a great weekend. Rest of your weekend, have a great week. And I hope, hopefully I'll see you Wednesday for our two o'clock Zoom. Um, we'll be sending out an email, but I'd love to see you then, see your beautiful face. God bless you, praying for you. Bye-bye.